<laughs> you know how traffic can kind of, you know, make your spirit feel so good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody here knows what I'm talking about. Cause, yeah, because when, you, when you're, then you're behind those people that don't realize the light's green. Until, until somebody, somebody got to let them know. And God called me to do that. Just, uh, apparently, that's my calling. You're the I'm, I'm the dipstick. I, I'll tell you all about that again one time. Not tonight. Probably not tonight. Thank you, man. Look at you. That's what I like to do is take water pills and drink a lot of water. <laughs> Some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Too. <laughs> <laughs> was, it's, a, it's amazing how, how those things can minister to you. <laughs> get you get you going when you thought you couldn't go. And I don't feel like walking. Then all of a sudden, you're running. running. <laughs> oh, Jesus is good. Well, let's just go to work. Let's. I've, I've been battling, I promise you, I've been battling with this uh, for days. Kept coming back to it. I knew what I was going to be speaking on because I, I didn't want to speak on it. And uh, that, that happens to me often. Uh, that I feel like, you know, God, I, I want to speak on something else. I've got this other stuff. And uh, I feel this, you know, the other way. And, and I keep coming back to, you know, what God wants to say. Because... It's time for us to, to get a hold of some things and let God do some things in our life. We must. We must get some direction. We must have some clear-cut direction. If I continue doing what I'm doing, nothing's going to change. I've got to do something different. And if I don't know what to do different, I can't really do much different. Or whatever I change, if it's just a man-made idea, then it's not going to bring the results that I'm looking for. I'm looking for a move of God. I'm looking for a manifestation of Jesus. Brother Wade was over at our place this past weekend, and he talked about uh, the word... Uh, receive, and there's two different Greek words that are used to, to uh, that's recorded receive in our English Bible, but they mean two different things. One of them is I receive it, I understand it, I get it. The other is that what, what I've just gotten is manifest. It's, it's materializing in me. Not only do I understand it here, I'm doing something with it. And we're so often have understanding, but we're not doing anything with that understanding. And we need to, we need to walk in the power of the Spirit. We need to see what God's doing and understand what God's doing, but manifest that, that same, same thing in our life. God wants to do something in your life. God wants to manifest himself in your life. Not only in your life, but through your life. 
the gifts of the Spirit, like all other gifts, like the Holy Ghost, is not complete until it flows through us. Just having the Holy Ghost is not enough. The Holy Ghost should be manifest through my life. It's by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one to another. Not just for another. We can have love one for another and nobody can see it. But when you have love one to another, it's a manifest love. People see that. See that love. There's something on the inside that's being made manifest by your actions on the outside. And that's what Jesus is looking for in this hour. We've got to have the Holy Ghost in us. But it's got to flow through us to do what God's wanted to do. Uh, if I have the gift of tongues and, and never give a message in tongues, doesn't benefit the body. Doesn't benefit anyone. Doesn't glorify God. If I have the, the gift of prophecy, but am I timid, too timid to open my mouth and prophesy, or too afraid to open my mouth and prophesy, then I'm keeping that gift inside me. I have it. I've got the gift of prophecy. But until that gift is manifest through me, it doesn't benefit me. It doesn't fit the body, benefit the body. It doesn't fit the, the world. It doesn't benefit anyone until it is manifest through us. God did not give you the Holy Ghost to be in you, but to be manifest through you. Jesus told us the same spirit that was in him should be in us. And you can't hide the spirit that was in Jesus. Hallelujah. So I want to talk about how we can manifest. What can I do to ensure that what God has given me is not just in me, but manifest through me. What can I do in my life? How can I conduct my life? How can I change my life? What can I do spiritually or physically that will allow what God has put in me to flow through me? And I won't, I believe God has given me some instruction on it. I've, I've taught on it for years. I want to bring it to your attention again tonight. Uh, blessings from early morning prayer. There's a purpose of early morning prayer. And that purpose of early morning prayer is to manifest God through us. If I get up in the morning and just walk out into my day and I haven't prayed through and I'm not walking in the spirit and I haven't touched God, I'm not being touched by God, but I just get up and have my coffee and going out to the, into the world, I doubt I'm going to manifest much of Jesus. Especially if there's some dodo that won't go when the light turns green. Uh, I'm going to manifest something, but it's probably not going to be Jesus. If I'm going to manifest Jesus, I've got to be in touch with Jesus. I can't walk in the Spirit if I don't touch the Spirit. And if I'm not being touched by the Spirit. I can have the Holy Ghost and not walk in it. What will allow me to walk in the Spirit? Is anybody here hungry to walk in the Spirit? 
You want to see God do things? You want to see God heal? You want to see God deliver? You want to see God answer prayer? You want people to receive the Holy Ghost on the job and at work and in the marketplace? Then I've got to do something that's going to allow that, that spirit to manifest through me. In Psalms chapter 5, verse 3, uh, I'm going to try to, to get as much of this said as quick as I can and get out of the way and let Jesus talk to us. Uh, Psalms chapter 5, verse 3, the psalmist writes, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, Early in the morning, my voice shall I hear in the morning. Oh, Lord. Oh, the word morning, the word definition of the word morning, I'll get to that. You just think it doesn't say early. That's why we need to understand what the Hebrew means and what, the, what it means when he says morning. Because the uh, word for morning in the Hebrew, I'm glad you brought that up. Is boker, B-O-Q-E-R, and it means daybreak Uh-oh. or dawn. Right. The word morning. When the, when the Hebrew said morning, the word for morning was not early morning because it was all early. It was at daybreak. It was at the rising of the sun. The definition says in there, uh, morning, though not that period of time before noon. Rather, it indicates the point of time at which night is changing today. Or that time at the end of night. God is trying to tell us that we should get up and put an end tonight. That when I get up in the morning, it puts an end to the darkness. That when you get up full of the Holy Ghost in the morning, it puts an end to the darkness. At the turning of the morning, he said, a synonym for dawn, the time just prior to the rising of the sun. And the word direct, he said, I will direct my prayer in the morning, at that time, at daybreak, at the break of day, prior to the rising of the sun. I will direct my prayer, which means the, the Hebrew word means to set the battle in array. I will direct. I will set the battle in array. What are you going to be doing early in the morning? I'm going to be setting the battle in array. I'm going to be equipping myself for warfare. And when I start walking, I'm not walking, I'm marching because we're in battle. We need to understand we are in a warfare right now. This is the end time, and God wants you to realize that this is a battle that we are involved in. The word direct, the word direct, but Smith, the word direct means to be an expert in war. When the psalmist said, I will direct my prayer under the, when the day breaks. And I direct my prayer. I'm becoming an expert in war. Not only am I setting the battle in, in array, I am becoming an expert in war. It means to join the battle or to ordain. Hallelujah. 
when you start speaking early in the morning, you're ordaining the day. To lay up, to put up, to reckon up, to set in order, to arrange or to put in order. So if you take Psalms 5, 3 and read it with the definitions of these words, it would read something similar to this. My voice shalt thou hear before sunrise, O Lord. As each day is approaching, I will join in the battle of the Lord, ordaining the day as it should be by agreeing with and speaking your word, calling demonic spirits into reckoning and arranging the order of my steps in your will, expectingly. I will look up. You know what you mean when you say, I'm going to look up when it's always that I'm going to look up when he tagged that at the end of it? He said, I'm going to be looking to you because I'm expecting something. I, I'm here early in the morning. I've entered into the battle. I've entered into warfare. I have come here to lay it all out. I have ordered my steps in the Lord, and I'm looking unto you, Jesus, because you are the one that's going to give me direction. The, the apostles said we need to follow their example. Uh, Philippians 3, 16, 17, he said, to, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind and mind the same thing. In, in first and second Thessalonians 3 9, he said that we need to make ourselves that we have made ourselves examples for you to follow. In 1 Corinthians 4 16, he said to be ye followers of us. That word follower comes from a Greek word which means imitate, to be imitators of those. In other words, when the apostles got up for early morning prayer. They weren't just getting up for early morning prayer. They were showing you what you need to be doing. They were showing you what you need to follow. When Jesus got up a great while before day and found a solitary place to pray, he was not just going to somewhere to pray by himself. He was trying to show us that this is what you need to do if you're going to walk in the power of the Spirit. Anybody can have the Holy Ghost, but not everybody walks in it. Anybody can talk in tongues, but not everybody talks in tongues with power. First Corinthians 11.1, 1, he said, pattern yourself after me. Pattern your life after mine. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Imitators of God is what he's saying. Copy him, follow him, follow his example as well-beloved children would. First okay. Thessalonians 1, 6, 6, to be followers of him. It just goes on and on. To be followers of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. And be ye not slothful. Do not, I don't want you to become lazy, he said. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Inherit what has been promised to them. We need to follow God's direction. We need to do what Jesus did. We need to pattern our life after those who are successful in the spirit. I, when I read the Bible and I see these people who are mildly used of God, I want to find out what did they do so that God would mildly use them. I want to use the same kind of toothpaste they used. I want to follow them. 
whatever they did to have that connection with God, I want that connection with God. I want to I use it. It's, it's not just something that, that feels good or sounds good. We need to understand it's scriptural. In Matthew chapter 20, in verse 1, this is, this is powerful, folks. This isn't my word. I wrote a book called The Narc Hour, but it's, most of it is plagiarized. I got it, I got it right out of the Bible. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm confessing before you. It's the word. It was something that, that God did in my life. In, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 1, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder. He said, here's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Here's the way the kingdom of heaven operates. You understand? Jesus is saying, this is the way I do things. Do you understand that? Does everybody understand what he's saying? This is how I do it. Now, I want to find out how he does it and do it the same way. I don't want to find out he, how he does it and try to find a better way. I don't want to try to find an easier way. Because easier ways don't produce the same results. We've tried easier ways long enough. For the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. How does the kingdom of heaven work? God goes out early in the morning to find laborers that's going to work in his kingdom. God goes out early in the morning to hire laborers. God, how does the kingdom of heaven work? God goes out early in the morning. Now, how confusing is that? You know what makes it so confusing? We don't want to do it. We need, to, we need, some, we need some deep understanding of that passage. Uh, let's let's call on uh, let's call on someone. Let's call on someone who's been to been to you know fourteen years of Bible college. And see if they can explain what it means to get up early and pray. What do you mean by that? It means that it did not mean to hit keep hitting the snooze button. I know that much. God goes early in the morning. To find workers. If you want to be used of God, get down to the labor pool when he's hiring people. You can't lay in bed till 10 every day and say, oh God, I want to be used. You can't wait until evening to have a great prayer meeting convincing God that you want to be used of God to get ready to be used of God and then go to bed. Oh, God, now lay me down to sleep. Before I die, I want to weep. Help me, Jesus. And we, we pray through, many of us, you know, and we get right with God. We know we're saved. We know we're in a saved condition. And go to bed. How do you think God feels about that? I've filled you with my spirit. I've given you a clean slate. You're ready to go now and tackle hell, man. You're ready to see the power of God flow in your life. Well, maybe tomorrow, God. Maybe. I'm going to 
I'm going to sleep right now. If you want to get right with God and be used of God, do it in the morning. Get up and get a hold of God in that kind of prayer. And pray in the travailing prayer. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray until every demon dies. Pray until the Holy Ghost is flowing through you. And then don't go to bed. Go out to the harvest field. There's no telling what would happen if you would pattern your life after the apostles. If you would pattern your life after Jesus. If you would do what they did. We've got to make some changes if we're going to see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We've got to make some changes if we're going to see God do something in our life. Jesus' example in prayer was rising a great while before, uh, before day in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Rising a great while. Uh, John 8 talks about uh, dawn. Jesus came to the temple, and all the people gathered around. The people gathered around the temple at dawn because Jesus was teaching there. Jesus came at dawn to teach, and the people came at dawn to hear him. They wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. You want to hear what Jesus has to say? Get there when he's teaching. Don't wait until there's all kind of calamities going on in your mind. Don't wait until all kind of voices are speaking to you. Don't wait until there's confusion and chaos and you're trying to get your way through to God. Get up when you're alone. Get up when nobody's bothering you. Get up before the devil does and get a hold of God. When you get up early in the morning, there's an impartation of the word. The Bible tells us that there's an impartation of the word that comes to your life when you seek God early in the morning. Yes. Now, we know that morning means daybreak. What does early morning mean? <laughs> you don't get much earlier than daybreak, you know. When God first started dealing with me about early morning prayer, that's what I call it, early morning prayer. And he started talking to me about getting up at 6, praying. And I, I thought, man, there's only one sixth in the day. <laughs> it's in the evening. It's got to be. No, it, it, God began dealing with me about that. So I had to change my life. It's not something that I wanted to do. My flesh did not want to do it. 35 years later, my flesh still does not want to do it. That's like fasting. Your flesh never says, yippee, we're going on a fast. Doesn't happen. In 2 Samuel 24, 11, when David was up. Listen, listen to this, folks. When David was up in the morning, when David was up in the morning, the word of the Lord came unto the prophet Gad, David's seer, David's pastor. You want your pastor to have a word for you? Get up early in the morning and seek God, and he will speak to your pastor about you. Maybe that's why you're not getting up praying. <laughs> I remember I was praying one day, and when I was getting, getting with it, and after, after prayer, this lady came up to me and said, I know what you were praying about when you were praying this, uh, over there at the pew. She said, I know what you were praying about. And I said, you do? She said, 
She said, yeah. And she started telling me word for word some of it, what I was praying about. She even named names of some of the people that I was praying for. And I was speaking in tongues through all of it. I said, how did you know that? Did God tell you that? She said, no, sir. You were speaking my language. <laughs> she said, she, she said, I'm a Pueblo Indian. And the Pueblo Indians used a, a dialect of Spanish and Pueblo, the people that, that where I was raised. It was a combination of those two languages. And you were speaking it perfectly. And I was thinking, I'm glad I wasn't repenting. <laughs> I just... You know, now, now <laughs> that might have done good. That might have done some good. But he was up praying, and God spoke to his pastor and gave him a word for it. God wants to give your pastor a word for you. Maybe you are a pastor. Let me tell you something about us pastors. We have pastors too. There's men that can speak into my life. There's men that I call and want them to speak into my life. I don't want them to just tell me the good things. I want them to tell me the real things. I want to be right with God. I want to be right with Jesus. Ezekiel 12 and 8, in the morning came the word of the Lord unto me. Ezekiel said the word of the Lord came to me in the morning. In the morning. When I pray in, the word of the Lord came to me. Psalms 143, 8, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. The word of God, speak to us. Give us inspiration. Encourage us. Lift us up. Zephaniah 3 and 5, every morning doth he bring his judgment to light. Every morning he brings his judgment to light. He teaches his word. Every morning he explains his word. Every morning he brings his judgment to light. And Isaiah 50, verse 4, the Lord, hath, the Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He waketh morning by morning. He waketh my ear to hear as one that is learned. God will speak to you early in the morning. If you're up seeking God, he'll bring his word to light. God basically is teaching. That's what we read about earlier. Jesus went down to the temple in the morning to teach the word of God. And those who were hungry for God came down to listen to what God said. That's what God, he just carried on with what the Old Testament taught. That if you get up early in the morning and seek God, he will explain his word to you. He'll bring his judgment to light. He'll give you understanding about things that you don't understand. Oh, I love you, Jesus. In, in 1 Chronicles chapter 9, that said that the Levites, the four chief porters, were in their set offices and were over the chambers and treasuries of the house of God. These porters were in their set places. God had put them there. God had told them to stay here. And they were over the, the blessings, the chambers, the treasuries of God. And they lodged around the house of God because charge was upon him, upon them. And the opening of the, of the house of God every morning pertained to them. We need to understand that God has called us to open his word every morning. God has called his church, his people, his saints, his ministry 
to open the word of God every morning. God has put you over the treasuries and the chambers of God. He's put you over his blessing. He's put you over his miracles. He's put you over his healing. And he's got chambers. He's got chambers of those blessings that are there. And you have the key. Early morning prayer is the key that opens that up. Me getting a hold of God early in the morning, when I walk out of there, I'm taking healing with me. I'm taking victory with me. I'm taking deliverance with me. Oh, my I was, I was uh, going to prayer at, at my church where I pastored. Uh, every day I would go to prayer early uh, there at the church. I'd drive to church early in the morning, and I, uh, I, we had moved recently, and, and I passed this uh, psychic place. And I looked over and saw that psychotic place, I mean psychic place, and I just, I just felt an inspiration to say, I, I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of witchcraft and divination, and I use God's authority to, to cast you down. You do not belong in this county. God owns this county. And I command you to leave in Jesus' name. I'm talking about an establishment that had been there long before I moved down. And the next morning, I, I drove by there on the way to church and speak, I spoke to it again. On the way home, I went by there and spoke to it again. And I'd speak to it, going and coming every morning. Every morning, I'd rebuke that thing. Every morning, I took authority over that. Every morning, I cast that place down. And it had been there for years and years. Years before I ever came to town, it had been there. And one morning, when I drove by there to speak to it, I noticed it was closed. I don't mean it was closed because it was early. I mean, there was a, a sign on the door. We're no longer in business. God wasn't through. The people, workers came in and, and put that building on a big flatbed truck and hauled it out of the county. Man, that was exciting. I got so excited about that. I remember there's one on the other side of the church. I'll start driving differently. You know, the Bible said the, the wise men went home a different way. So I just go home a different way. And, and I went to church a different way. I came home from church a different way. But I did the same thing when I passed that other psychic. I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. You spirit of divination. You spirit of witchcraft. I cast down your influence. I cast down your power. This doesn't belong to you any longer. Jesus owns this county. And I command you to get out of it. And I did that day after day. Going and coming and going and coming. I'd probably done it three months or so before that first one disappeared. After about three weeks, I came by there one day and it was burned to the ground. And I didn't use the matches to it. I used to say, and it wasn't my fault, but I guess it was. Because God was casting it down. And I got to looking at it and wondering, what are they going to do with the beautiful piece of property right there on the corner, right, right on the highway? And, and, and uh, I watched them clear that, clear that off. There's a big old slab 
concrete slab there, and I'm thinking, what are they going to build on that now? Now that nasty place is gone, what are they? They came in there with heavy equipment, busted that slab up. And I said, God, why are they taking that slab and destroying it? It would be a good place to build something. And God said, when I curse something to the ground, going to the slab is not good enough. God said that to me. He said, don't you ever compromise with the devil. I began to rejoice in Jesus. And about a month, God said, you don't understand what I'm doing. You don't, you don't have a clue what I'm doing, he said. And, and usually, that's, well, almost always that's true. God kind of confounds me. You ever, you ever been confounded by God? Most of the time. Most of the time. And, and our county commissioners, the next county uh, commissioner meeting, less than a month later, voted that no more psychics could enter our county. I mean, seriously. They, they changed the law. Not because I, was on, I wasn't on the board. I didn't have anybody from our church on the board. It was because the word of God had been spoken. And to my knowledge, they had no idea that anybody was praying or any word had been spoken. But when God speaks a word, it doesn't matter what anybody has heard. It's going to come to pass. If nobody hears it, but God, it's going to come to pass. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Those who are mildly used of God sought him early. When you read the Bible, you study the lives of all those people who are mildly used of God. If you study their lives, almost every one of them, I mean, all of them, it tells you anything about their life. Every one of them were people that got up early in the morning and prayed. They were all from different backgrounds, different socioeconomic uh, families, uh, different education qualities. Like we had some that, that were in king's palaces who spoke the word of God, and some who were ignorant sharecroppers, barely got along, who spoke the word of God. And the one thing that united those men together was early morning prayer. Those that sought him early, hallelujah, were mightily used of God. Joshua got up early in the morning and followed the Lord's instruction. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed the, uh, from Shem and came to Jordan and he and all the children of Israel and lodged there before the, they passed over. Verse 7, and the Lord said unto Joshua, this day, this day I will begin to magnify thee in the sight of all of Israel that they may know that as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. This day. Why this day? I can't tell you why this day, but I can tell you this. This day was the first day the Bible tells us that Joshua got up for early morning prayer. He used to stand outside the temple or the, the tent where Moses prayed, and he would stand on guard there watching over Moses. But the Bible doesn't talk about Joshua praying with Moses, just that he stood there and, and kind of watched out for Moses. But this day, Joshua entered the tent. He didn't just hang around outside. 
He went to the tent and prayed and talked to God. And God said, this day, I'm going to begin to magnify you. You want God to begin to magnify you? Start getting up for early morning prayer. You don't have to do it for 10 days before God shows up. God shows up from the beginning. If you, will, if you will give your life to early morning prayer like these men did and others have done, I, I can testify to you that it will not take long until you're not in the living room before you can start filling God. and You're not at church before you can start filling God. But you'll start waking up talking in tongues. There's such an anointing of God that will be upon your life. <coughs> they marched around Jericho seven days, always starting about the break of day. Always. Joshua rose up early in the morning. The priests took the ark of the Lord and they followed him early in the morning. David said in Psalms 57 8, I myself will awaken the dawn. I will awaken early. Hallelujah. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. I will rise before dawn and cry out for help. Why will I do that? Because I put my faith in your word. I put my trust in your word. I put my hope in your word. I'm going to get up and pray early in the morning because I know it works. How do you know it works? His word said it will. He said it would work. He said if I get up and seek him early, I'll find him. Isaiah said, my soul has desired thee in the night. Yea, my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. When I begin to pray in, in, in the darkness, I can, I can stretch my spirit. I can stretch my soul out. But when I start praying in the light, when I start praying when the, when the day's breaking, and I give, I give myself to early morning prayer, I'm going to be filled with understanding, he said. Job, in the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 5, and it was so that the days that their feasted were gone about, and Job sent and sanctified them. He's talking about his children. He rose up early in the morning. Job rose up early in the morning. Listen to this. Job rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all, all of his children. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually every day every day he'd get up early in the morning every day he'd offer sacrifice when you get up early in the morning you're offering sacrifice when you start giving God your first fruits when you start giving God the first of your day when you start giving God the first of your morning and you say God I'm, I'm giving this to you I, I'm, I'm laying it out before you I'm seeking you with everything that's in me God's going to honor that God begins to manifest himself. Joseph received the interpretation of the dreams from the baker and the butcher by getting up early in the morning and seeking God. Pharaoh's spirit was troubled early in the morning. Genesis 41, it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. Talking about Pharaoh. And he sent and called for the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream. But there was none that could interpret the dream. But Joseph got the interpretation. Because he was up praying too. He was up seeking God early in the morning. He was seeking the face of the Lord. He was seeking the mind of God. He was seeking what God wanted to do. 
Moses built an altar early in the morning. You build a relationship with God. You want to build a relationship with God like Abraham had? Abraham called him friend. God was planning on destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't need to talk it over with Abraham, but he said, you know, seeing he's my friend, I'm not going to hide this from him. We got such a neat relationship, I'm not going to shock Abraham. I'm not going to surprise him. I'm not going to make him uh, wonder if his, if his nephew got killed or not. I'm going to tell him what's going to happen. You can have that kind of relationship with God. The things that really doesn't affect you, God will talk to you about it anyway. Exodus 24, Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and built an altar there. We need to build our altars. You need to learn to build your own altar, your own altar early in the morning. You know, the, the Bible tells us that to, to beware the way of Balaam, not, not to lean to his way, not trust his way. You, you ever wonder what the way of Balaam was? If you study Balaam's life, you'll find out he could prophesy. The man prophesied eloquent prophecies. And every prophecy he ever spoke came to pass. What a, what a great prophet. But God warned us about the way of Balaam. And if you read about his life, you'll find out that although he could prophesy, we never have an account that Balaam built an altar. You know what he would do? He would tell men to go build him an altar and tell those men to offer up a sacrifice and the Bible said that he would go and stand by their sacrifice and hear from God. Now, I've seen that happen in churches. I've seen people come in and you knew they didn't have a deep relationship with God, but they could flow in the Spirit and they could minister and, and do things that, that you want to have in the world. Somebody that didn't have a deep relationship with God, how, how could they do that? God's trying to show us. You don't have to have a deep relationship with God. You, you, can, you can stand by somebody else's sacrifice. I've seen men come in and get you to worship, and get you to praise, and get you shouting and jumping, and stand by your sacrifice of praise and hear from God. We need to build our own altars. We need to get up early in the morning and build our own altars. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Let's praise the Lord together. Let's praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's magnify the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you, Lord Jesus. God wants you to do something that's going to create, create a place to hear from God. God wants you to, to start doing things in your own life that you can point to and say, this is why I'm hearing from God. This is why God's showing up. This is what's making a difference in my home. This is what's making a difference in my family. Oh, yes. Oh, I love you, Jesus. There was a... A family, a family came to our church one Sunday morning and wanted to meet me. And, they, and I won't go into all the, the stuff. And, and she kept saying, I, just, I just had to come by and meet you. So we decided to come to church and meet you. She said, I come by your house every morning, she said. I'm your paper carrier. And I'm, I'm, I come by your house early every morning. 
And she said, I, I, this is what this lady said to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. She said, I, I sat at the end of your driveway every morning. And it looks like your house is on fire. It's glowing. Something's just like it's burning inside. And something is flowing out of your house and coming down to where I sit at the end of your driveway. And it's gripping my heart. And she said, I sit there every morning and I weep like a baby. And I had to know, what are you doing early in the morning at your house? I had no idea that that was going on. I was just up entertaining the Lord. I was up building my altar. I was up having a relationship with Jesus. I was up communing with my Savior. But when you start communing with Jesus that way, you can't contain him. He's going to start moving around. He's going to go other places. God filled that family with the Holy Ghost. They're doing great today. Years later, living for God, loving God, getting up for early morning prayer. God's doing things in their life. What am I... One of my uh, favorite passages of scriptures in, in Acts chapter 9. Y'all know what happens in Acts 9, right? Acts chapter 9. It tells us there was a, a disciple of the Lord from, named Ananias. And he was up praying one morning. And the Lord spoke to, to him and said, Ananias, uh, I got someone I need you to do for me. And I said, sure, God, what is it? And, and God said, Ananias, uh, I need to go to the straight street. Uh, there's a guy over there visiting, and uh, his name's Saul. I need you to go talk to Saul. And Ananias says, Saul. He, he wouldn't be from Tarsus, would he? <laughs> yes, yes. You've heard of him, Ananias. Yeah, he's taking people like me to prison. I mean, Stephen just died because he was there, beckoning him to be stoned to death. And you want me to go talk to him? And God says that, and I he has already seen a vision of you coming. I've already given him your name, showed him what you look like. And he knows you're coming to tell him something from me. Now, listen to that. God had so much confidence in Ananias that before he ever asked Ananias to do that, he told Saul that Ananias was coming. Before he ever asked Ananias, take your life in your own hands and go and, and present yourself to this man who hates the church, who's killing people that are in the church, who's taking people to prison that are in the church. I want you to go talk to him. Before he ever asked Ananias to do that, he showed Saul Ananias is coming. Does God have that kind of confidence in us? Does God have that kind of confidence in me? Does God have that kind of Is he able to tell the missionary that the money's on the way before he ever asks you to give? Is he able to tell somebody that's in a broken home and their family's chaos? 
that somebody's going to knock on your door tomorrow before he ever asks you to go. It's not a good area of town. In fact, you, you don't want to be there, but God wants you to go anyway because there's a soul there that's hungry. God wants to lead us. God's ready to manifest himself in your life. God's ready to manifest himself to you. He's going to send you somewhere. He's going to take you to hungry hearts. Oh, I love you, Jesus. There's a couple of different ways we can try to reach the lost. We can do what we've always done. Go in and spend 15 minutes of prayer and then go out and knock doors for, for 12 hours and two people show up for church. Or we can come and pray until God gives us direction. Pray for 12 hours. And then get up and go knock on two doors and see all of them come to church. See all of them get the Holy Ghost. Do we want to knock on a bunch of doors or do we want to knock on the right doors? Do I want to witness to a bunch of people or do I want to witness to the right people? Do I want to teach a hundred Bible studies or do I want to teach one Bible study that brings a hundred in? I need God. Let's stand together. I need God to speak to me. Let's stand together if you're hungry for God. Is there anybody here hungry for God? If you're really wanting God to do something in your life. If you're willing, if you're willing to try, if you're willing to try for the next, for the next 30 days, if you're willing just to try 30 days of prayer, then I will get up by 6 o'clock every morning. Before 6 o'clock is good too. Whatever you got to do to make it to work. But if you're willing to say, I'm going to change my life because what I'm, what I've been, the way I've been conducting my life, it, it making it happen. But something is going to make it happen. God promised me it was going to happen. I know God wants it to happen. I know there's revival here. I know there's souls ready to come. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to see it done. I'm willing to do whatever I've got to do to see a manifestation of God. If you're willing to try it for the next 30 days, I want you to come talk to God about it. Don't make your commitment to me. Make it to God. And, and when you pray in the morning, I want you to pray and reach for deep places. Reach for deep places of prayer. Die out in prayer. Travail in prayer. Reach for places in prayer that will change you. Places in prayer that will make you different. Hallelujah, turn off.